0: Welcome back to the dark side.
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) Were you restraining yourself trying not to say it? Yeah. Okay, welcome back to the dark side. We hope you enjoyed part one of the Hall Mills murder case. If you're tuning in for the first time, go back and listen to part one because like, duh, that's how it works. Mm I am sure the rest of you are dying to know what happens next. So why don't we just dive right in?
1: Let's just jump right in there head first
0: head first let's go let's go but maybe I'll give you just a quick little recap okay so choir singer Eleanor Mills and Reverend Edward Hall were having an affair they were found brutally murdered on county lines which led to disputes over jurisdiction a botched investigation there was an arrest Clifford Hayes was charged with the murders but a grand jury voted to drop the charges Pig woman had some wild tales to tell, so another grand jury convened to hear the case against Francis Mustache and Henry Squared, and how they all got together to murder the adulterous couple, but no charges were laid, and people moved on with their lives.
1: This is a wild case. <laughs> it is off the walls.
0: So our story picks up again, four years later. Okay when the scandalous murder was brought back to life. Oh. The husband of Louise Geist, one of the former maids in the Hall home, filed a petition for annulment of his marriage on the grounds that his wife had withheld information of the Hall Hills murder. Hmm. He claimed in the petition that Louise had told Francis on the day of the murder that Edward intended to elope with Eleanor. He also stated that Luis, Francis, and Mustache were driven out to the Lover's Lane by the chauffeur that evening to confront Edward and Eleanor. And Luis was paid $5,000 for her part in the matter and for keeping quiet. Okay. Luis said, "Louise said this whole story was bullshit. Mm-hmm. But this new accusation or whatever you want to call it brought like, light to the story again. People were like, huh, yeah, what happened with that? I mean, it's been four years. Mm-hmm. And at this point, there was a new prosecutor in Somerset County, and he heard of this, and he immediately arrested Francis and Mustache and Henry Squared, and they were all charged to stand trial for the murder again. Yep. The state's prosecutor succeeded in a motion to try Cousin Henry separately, since there was apparently less evidence against him. They all pleaded not guilty to the charge. Francis was released on bail until the trial, but the bail was denied for the other men, so I don't know, probably a status of her a symbol of her status and wealth, I don't know, yeah, or maybe like, oh, she's a woman, let's let her out. What is she gonna do?
1: Yeah, we have to protect
0: her sensible
1: her her delicate <laughs> sensibilities she's not sensible, guys, sorry about that,
0: so the newspapers like <laughs> duh. They picked up on the story and raced to outdo one another in tabloid sensationalism.
1: Right from ground... We're, we're, we're starting from, from ground one again. <laughs> right?
0: It's like I'm telling you the same story. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> I'm just starting from the beginning. Get the uh,
1: <laughs> get the food carts out ready. Get
0: Someone your meat plant sweats another, on. another
1: uh, crab tree to fucking peel.
0: Crab tree. Come
1: <laughs> on, crab apple. Crab apple tree. Crab apple
0: tree. As new evidence was being collected for the upcoming trial, Frances invited reporters to her home so that she could sit for a portrait and complained about being made an ogre by the press.
1: Oh, she's on a PR run right now, isn't she?
0: Let me sit for this portrait and degrade you all. I am not an ogre.
1: I'm a I'm a real Martha Stewart. Who's that?
0: Mhm. Has hmm? Hmm? one? Has one.
1: That's wild she's really like framed the narrative for herself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And also, if you caught that, yeah, I said <clears> new <throat> evidence. I said that. I did N- catch that. Evidence. Yeah. So, in the four years that had passed, evidence had disappeared from storage.
1: Suspicious.
0: You know, so like the autopsy reports, mustache's gun, the original grand jury testimonies. S-
1: th- those went missing?
0: Yeah, they did. The previous Somerset prosecutor, who had been so eager to pin the murder on Clifford Hayes based on Raymond Schneider's false confession, he was like, I don't know, I must have misplaced that very vital evidence. And it turned out that his brother had the grand jury testimony in his possession and he was caught trying to sell it anonymously anonymously to a newspaper.
1: These tabloids are fucking this town up so hard. They're going nuts.
0: Also, how did this... The, the brother wasn't involved in any way in law enforcement. He was like a pharmacist or a druggist or something. Yeah, why something. have that? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? It's a fuckery.
1: It's a goddamn spectacle. Bunch <laughs> of knuckleheads.
0: An absolute spectacle. So prior to the start of the trial, both bodies were exhumed again for autopsies. Oh, Since, no. since you know, the autopsy reports were fucking missing. Yep. And, and now the
1: coat's missing. <laughs>
0: Who defiled these pockets?
1: <laughs> I hope the autopsy guy is just wearing the coat. <laughs>
0: well, it was a new guy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but I hope the
1: old one goes, what's
0: going on? What's going on in here? It's like oh, tattered moth eaten.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pockets are intact, though.
0: <laughs> so um. this new autopsy technician, he came to the same conclusion that was... Like, originally made—he didn't say that because they didn't have the reports. I'm saying that because I don't really want to go through the whole autopsy again, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, basically, Edward was shot in the head, and Eleanor was shot three times in the head, and her throat was slit.
1: So the facts are stable on that side.
0: Yeah, the, he concluded the same thing. Uh, but this time, you know, he found something uh, new in her case. Her, her tongue and her larynx had been cut out.
1: They missed that? someone's yeah. getting paid real well
0: yeah they missed that
1: someone's getting paid a good amount
0: her tongue and her larynx the church choir so singer you. essentially her voice bo- voice box was removed
1: this is oh that's so gross it's so creepy
0: See, that's kind of a big thing to miss Mm-hmm. <laughs> began on November 3rd, 1926 at the Somerset County Courthouse in Somerville. The jury was selected in just over an hour and all members were married men.
1: Okay. Well, of the time I guess. I know. It's not good. So, but, you know.
0: <laughs> so, Ogre, Mustache, and Brother Henry were tried first. <laughs> Since Cousin Henry won that decision to be tried separately
1: right yeah was henry the one that was fishing
0: uh brother henry was fishing yes yeah okay cousin henry was at that dinner with friends and his wife. oh
1: till 10 yep okay henry squared (laughs) henry squared
0: (laughs) so the prosecution opened with the main evidence against the defendant such as you know like mustache's thumbprint on the calling card found at edward's foot the anonymous call that Ogre had made to police asking if they found anyone dead or injured and how Ogre hired a P.I. that bribed and supposedly threatened key witnesses. Oh my god. <laughs> so you know she's like, well I decided to know what happened. I hired a P.I. And meanwhile everyone's like, yeah that guy came up to me and threatened me not to talk. Mm-hmm. So there was over a hundred witnesses that testified at this trial. Mm-hmm. So only the relevant witnesses are I'm going to talk about because, you know, I could sit here and tell you the testimony of a hundred witnesses. Cut through
1: the clutter like you're good at. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So Charlotte Mills was first. Mm -hmm. That's well, she's the first one I'm going to talk about. Literally, I have no idea if she was literally the first one on the stand, but that is James and Eleanor's daughter. So she was called to the stand to identify the letters between Eleanor and Edward. Uh, She also testified the last time that she had seen her mother was when Eleanor had left the house to make that call to Edward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anna Hoag, she's up next. She lived near the crime scene and had heard four shots on the night of the murders. She claimed that Brother Henry had come to her house sometime after the murders and asked about a quote-unquote tragedy that had taken place nearby, and this frightened her. She watched him walk away in an agitated state, nearly collapsing when he passed the spot where the bodies were found. Okay. The defense challenged Anna and got her to admit she didn't know Brother Henry very well and she hadn't seen him in a long time.
1: Okay, so she's full <laughs> of shit.
0: Uh, we got uh, Ralph Gos Goslin Goslin. He's a vestryman at St. John's. Okay, I think he's just part of the clergy. I don't know what a vestryman is. Yeah. So he testified that he once had an affair with Eleanor. He admitted he had been near De Lane that night of the murders around 10.20 p.m. with another woman from the church choir. And they had heard a shot, they heard a woman scream, and they heard three more shots. He added that Brother Henry saw him and fired two warning shots into the ground to scare him away. Uh Uh-huh. But this contradicted the many witnesses who heard only four shots that night, but the woman he was with that night took the stand as well and gave the same story.
1: Not a stretch to imagine that she would?
0: Fair. Fair.
1: Yeah.
0: So then three fingerprint experts testified that mustache's left index fingerprint was on the calling card found at the scene. But the third and quote unquote most impressive expert was interrupted by news of a sudden declining state of the pig woman. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Hello, Pig woman.
1: My favorite of the (laughs)
0: case. So her doctor had just like fucking rushed into the courtroom (laughs) and (laughs) said. A rising temperature and blood pressure would make any courtroom appearances detrimental to her health. And oh. the judges were like, "Yeah, no no, 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 we got to see this for ourselves. So they just stopped the trial and they went to the hospital. And one of the judges was like, I mean, she doesn't seem to be at death's door. So they resumed and waited for the developments on her state.
1: the the judges were just enamored with her as we are
0: (laughs) she doesn't seem to be at death's door get her in there yeah
1: she's okay (laughs) doctor i would know i'm a judge
0: (laughs) i come back news of the pig woman
1: (laughs) (laughs) he rehearsed how he was gonna come in there i picture the
0: doors of the courtroom closed and he's outside just like talking to himself pulling on his collar like
1: Okay, go. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I, just, I object. Wait, oh fuck! Sorry, that's weddings. Anyway, you gotta stop, big woman, sick.
0: Pig woman, she's ailing. She's ailing. So, so, the judges were like, "Nah, she's fine. She's not a death door. Get her ass in here." So then they started the trial again, and they the first person to come up uh, when they resumed was James Mills, Eleanor's husband. He was called as the next witness. He discussed his movements on the evening and the night of the murders. And the defense's strategy was to make it appear that he was the murderer by mentioning how he didn't reach out to his missing wife's relatives when he... When she didn't come home, he didn't see if she was at a local hospital. He didn't check in with police stations. Nothing.
1: Because this guy chose happiness. He knew something was <laughs> going on and he was just turning. It's like, yeah, no, he he was just like, you know what? No, I, I don't want to know.
0: Well, he said, well, I mean, Eleanor did sometimes leave for like a day or two at a time without saying where she was going. So uh-huh. I just didn't think anything of it.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's got the most lock solid <laughs> alibi so far.
0: Well, yeah. Even think about it. When he gave his whole like, when the investigators finally had to cooperate, because the governor was like, "Get your shit together." Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, here's everything I know, except I'm not gonna admit that they were having an affair." And the investigators were like, "Yeah, okay. This guy, he's like, he's not really all there, you know? But like, he's he's fine. He yeah. just likes to do a lot of woodworking."
1: Yeah, he likes to do some busy work to not think of <laughs> other things going on. Yeah.
0: So next up, they brought in a woman named Arab Bear. Anna Behrman, she testified that she had seen the coat that Ogre sent out to be dyed and there was no spots or stains on it, removing the suspicion that it was dyed to cover blood stains. Ogre later testified that she didn't even wear that coat on the night of the murders and that she only sent it out to get dyed because she wanted a black coat to wear to her husband's funeral. Okay. And people had been like, I saw her wearing that coat on the night of the murders and she Definitely got it sent out to hide bloodstains. I'm
1: so sick of this town. This
0: town is the worst. Well,
1: t- yeah, ca- uh, township.
0: Whatever, all of it.
1: Yeah, they're they're like the Salem Witch Trials fucking people all over again.
0: <laughs> Didn't that involve the church? <clears throat> Henry Dickman was next, causing a quote-unquote flurry of anticipation since he had disappeared in the years after being part of the case. So he described how he had interviewed Brother Henry in early 1923, who was evasive when questioned. He added that he left the state because he had been paid $25. Twenty five dollars.
1: <laughs> He's an easy buy.
0: He had been paid $2,500 by Beekman. That was one of the previous prosecutors. He contradicted himself later when he said that Brother Henry was actually the one that paid him. But, but you know, Beekman was there. He was there, though. Okay. His testimony was not received well because on the stand, he was proven to be a deserter and a drunk.
1: Oh, God. (sighs) They're so catty. (laughs) It's so great. Deserter and a drunk.
0: It's like a soap opera. So in in the meantime, Pig Woman, well, she was still ailing, right? So the defense had her moved to a hospital in Jersey City to be assessed by different doctors. And they were told that she wasn't dying. She was just unhealthy. A pig woman's mother, meantime, is she's in the courtroom, and she's just undermining her daughter's credibility to anyone who would listen, saying that her daughter's name wasn't even Jane and that she lied about everything, so don't even believe her.
1: I mean, yeah. Her own mother. Yeah, her own mother is not even in her own corner.
0: Nope. So then wow. they got another guy up on the stand. His name's uh, Robert Erling, and he testified that he was at Lover's Lane that night with a girl named Jenny Lemford. And he saw the pig woman on Easton Avenue. He also claimed to have seen a sedan and a touring car. The defense produced a friend of his, Willie Stub. Stub. S T A O, S T A U B,
1: S-T-A-U-B. Stab. Stab. Whatever, like Willie. St- Another Willie. Yeah.
0: Another Willie. Okay. Yeah, great. The defense produced a friend of his, Willie, who claimed that Robert had told him he'd get money for saying that he saw him that night. Then they produced Jenny Lemford, the girl who was actually with Robert that night, and she denied everything about a story except the fact that they were at Lover's Lane.
1: Okay. That's so, weird. It's just these This lane is super popular, though.
0: The Lover's Lane. Yeah. So the main piece of physical evidence, that calling card with the fingerprint, it came under fire. Experts on both sides could conclusively argue in favor or against the print belonging to Mustache. Mm-hmm. So there was also the fact that the card had been exposed to the elements for, like, roughly 36 hours, Mm -hmm. and it had been passed around by nosy Nellies,
1: literally, and was never carefully
0: handled as evidence. So, like, this card pretty much means nothing. Like, it really does. It means nothing.
1: Yeah, when they were talking about that, I was like, what good is that? It's literally been tampered with.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Otto Schultz, he was the one that performed that latest autopsy, and he told them about how Eleanor's tongue and larynx had been cut out. Then he also mentioned that there was a cut in her abdomen, and two undertakers later admitted to opening her womb to see if she was pregnant. One did this, and then he reported on it, like, y'all opened up her womb to see if she was pregnant. She wasn't. And then the other one was like, I gotta check this out for myself. So he reopened the incision to see if she was pregnant or not. Literally with with no authority to do so. No one asked them to do this. There was what no speculation that she that... was pregnant. They just abused her dead body.
1: So like no relevance to the case whatsoever. They just wanted to see if this manufactured idea that they had in their head that she was pregnant could have, could have affected the circumstance. Okay.
0: So that, I think that's why Dr. Otto Schultz mentioned, mentioned it, being like, yo, I don't fucking know what kind of people you had <laughs> before this. But they're obsessed with pockets and wombs. <laughs>
1: He must have been so, like I feel like he's the only one with like a head on his shoulders, and he must have just been so weirded out. He
0: probably was. He's in Twin Peaks at this point. Yeah, like how do you miss
1: <laughs> how do you miss a tongue being cut out
0: or the larynx
1: and the larynx?
0: Like the whole voice box is missing. Like, I, I don't know. Just that's, slash.
1: Quite, that's quite easy to notice.
0: Maybe it's still full of maggots. I don't know.
1: I feel like they clean that up.
0: You think this town does due diligence, huh? Huh?
1: The maggot's dead.
0: (laughs) Ew. So then they brought a milkman forward that claimed that he had found the back door to the hall house open on Friday morning. Literally no idea. i just like to imagine that the milkman was up there and he still had all of his his gear on. He just brought milk to everyone. (laughs) Also, why was he at the back door? Is there a sign that said, Milkman, go around back? Maybe. (laughs) So then there was a, a delivery boy that said that mustache had given him a stained suit on Friday to be dry cleaned and he turned the clothing over to the police because he was like, yo, the, this looks suspicious. It has spots on it. Mm-hmm. But no one knows what happened to the suit. It was never cataloged or inventoried in any sort of way and it's just missing. Oh, but oh but maybe, maybe mustache was a messy eater. I don't know. We don't know what these spots or stains were.
1: Yeah. And you know, the gun missing too. It's just coincidence.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That gun
1: a pesky murder weapon
0: okay but then murder weapon but then the pig woman she was brought in on a stretcher <laughs> as as the prosecution star witness and the whole time that she was being wheeled in her mother was like screaming about how much of a liar she was yeah so the defense seated her mother in the front row to see if that it would to see if it would rattle her daughter
1: of course classic <laughs>
0: Then you know, pig woman, she told her story, omitting and changing certain details and adding how Francis's PIs had warned her to keep her mouth shut. You know, just normal pig woman stuff.
1: Yeah. The PI <laughs> telling people to keep everyone, keep their mouth shut does seem like it's a recurring theme, though.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, pig small woman. town, people talk. Yeah. And, and pig, pig woman.
1: woman. Yeah. So that was. Yeah, the... I told my mule to shut up.
0: <laughs> the mule's just sitting there like, I didn't ask for this.
1: My name's not Jenny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's Gerald.
1: Gerald. (laughs) Gerald Mule, no relation.
0: (laughs) So now it was the defense's turn. And they presented enough witnesses to make Brother Henry's alibi credible. He's the one who was fishing. Mm -hmm. And it appeared that he'd only been named as a suspect because the prosecution four years earlier had decided that it would require an expert marksman to shoot the victims. And since Pigwoman had heard the name Henry being yelled, and Brother Henry was a marksman and a relative, he had been dragged into the messy case.
1: That's so unfortunate.
0: And It was later learned that re- relatives called Brother Henry Harry. So
1: so no ogre
0: sense. wouldn't have yelled Henry when addressing him unless Cousin Henry was there, yeah. in which case is irrelevant right now because he isn't on trial yet. So two witnesses, a mother and a daughter, also insisted that he was not the man who had stopped by Anna Hoag's house and asked about the murders. The one who was like, I don't know. He, he came to my house. I was really frightened. And then he, he nearly collapsed when he passed that spot where the bodies were found. And they were like, ma'am. And she was like, okay, fine. I don't even know him really. <laughs> that lady. <laughs> yeah. So with Brother Henry pretty much cleared, Mustache was next. And he surprised the audience by holding his own with the prosecutor and staying true to his story. Because, you know, at this point, everyone is like, oh, he's so special. Yeah. But they're like, oh, my God, he can actually handle himself weird.
1: He's been faking it this whole
0: time. <laughs> is that mustache even real? It's not. <laughs> he pulls it off. Takes off his thick glasses, puts a monocle yeah. on.
1: It's me, the governor, this whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've been punked. <laughs> so it came out that the first time pig woman was asked to identify the defendants she was unable to when a farmer george when a farmer george sippel sippel claimed that pig woman had offered him money to say that he had seen her and the two men and two women that night on duressi's lane so immediately discrediting it she couldn't she had in her all her crazy stories was like, oh, you know, I seen them. I really did. I saw that gray coat. I saw. I saw the ogre whining over her husband's dead body. That car rode up, mm-hmm. and I, and they illuminated them. Like I saw them. I know who they are. So then when they're like, hey, will you point out the defendants, please? Couldn't even do it. She couldn't do it. So uh, it was Ogre's turn now to take the stand, and the prosecution went after her for the statements she had made to James Mills that she believed the two missing spouses were dead. She responded that at the time it seemed obvious that they were dead when they didn't return home.
1: (laughs) Did it? Right to dead?
0: Oh, okay. So they're not home yet? Dead. They're dead. They're dead. Obviously, they're dead. And I should tell everyone that they're probably dead. Yep. Because they were dead.
1: She took a hard hard line with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Immediately to dead, rotting in the ground somewhere, probably by a crab apple tree.
0: When the defense eventually rested, in total, there had been 157 people called to the stand, 87 for the prosecution and 70 for the defense. So you remember Pearl and Raymond, those two people who discovered the bodies and Raymond had lied and said that his friend killed them. Mm Mm-hmm. They were never even called as witnesses. Really? Out of 157 people, yeah, they were not even called. Yeah, all those people. Wow. And so the trial, it lasted like 30 days. It lasted 30 days. The prosecution moved for a mistrial on the grounds of jury misconduct, alleging that they hadn't even paid attention and they were openly hostile. And the judges were like, shut up. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll just give my closing remarks then.
1: <laughs> yeah. The judge is so done with this.
0: I think there was like three judges, two or three judges. Um, so the jury deliberated for five hours and eight minutes. In that time, they took three separate votes before they reached a verdict. But the first vote was 10 to 2 for not guilty. 10 not guilty, 2 guilty. Uh, then they took another vote and it was 11 to 1. One person still thought they were guilty. And then they took another vote and then it was unanimous. <laughs> Not guilty. Oh, okay. Okay. So they decided to acquit all three defendants. The main reasons for acquittal was that no one had believed the star witness. Pig woman's story was inconsistent, and rebuttal witnesses easily dismantled it. The only thing that had, like, the only thing that uh, they had been torn on was the fingerprint evidence. But it yeah, ultimately, them up on that one. Yeah. At this point, what else did they have? So that was the only thing that they were like, oh, I don't know, I don't really know. And then they finally were like, you no know what? No, there's not enough. Not guilty. Is it
1: normal for them to vote three times?
0: I mean it's nineteen twenty two and we're in this fucking weird ass town. Is anything normal? So all charges were dismissed and everyone was released from custody. And even if Ogre Mustache and Brother Henry had the motive and the means for the murders, there just there wasn't even enough at all to convict them. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh that that was it. That was done. They weren't on trial anymore.
1: This case, is, this case is fucking ridiculous. And uh, everyone in the town pisses me off so badly.
0: Everyone. Everyone sucks ass. Huge fucking ass.
1: Stop reading the judge's closing remarks, okay?
0: <laughs> Y'all suck ass. Court dismissed. So eventually, uh, Ogre, Mustache, and Henry Squared, they all sued the New York Daily Mirror for libel. Mm -hmm. but it was settled out of court so we don't know how much money they made but apparently it was an undisclosed large amount because they needed more money. Yeah. Uh, No one else was ever accused of the crimes. Uh, The New York Times devoted about 90 front page articles to the trial. Wow. The case was so high profile it took the cake for sensationalism until 10 years later when baby Lindbergh was kidnapped.
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. so
0: it reigned supreme until Baby Lindbergh.
1: Oh, God. <clears throat> 90 in the New York Times is the front cover. A1.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Now, even though the murders are still unsolved to this day, there's, like, a ton of theories as to who murdered Edward and Eleanor. The first one is that Raymond Schneider and Clifford Hayes really did commit the murders in a case of mistaken identity. So he thought Eleanor and Edward were his girlfriend, Pearl, and her father, and they were all up in arms because of, like, the supposed incest angle. Mm -hmm. And people think like well maybe that really is a possibility but like it's obvious that edward and eleanor were killed at close range yeah so like how like the, the chance of mistaken identity seems so small because by the time you actually got up on them and they were killed close range the the post-mortem mutilation of her neck and everything like how
1: yeah it's way it's way too personal yeah and there's no way you wouldn't recognize um even if it's dark like you you're right up on that person. You you would notice like, oh, this is not who I thought it was. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So like, personally, I'm out on that one. I don't think that it was Raymond and Clifford that did it.
1: Yeah, that's a no for me too, dog.
0: The next theory is that um, like Ogre did it by herself out of revenge. She was the only person that that night watchman saw go into her house at like around 2.30 a.m. And like, it is always important to remember that the time of death that that undertaker gave is is really only approximate. It's an estimate. It isn't like definitive by any means, but he did see her go into the house at 2 thirty am where she had said that she left at 2 thirty am. And then, you know, witnesses saw that car in the area of the crime scene that is like one that she owned. Mm-hmm. And then she did anonymous anonymously call the police. And she was asking, like, "Oh, you know, did you find anything?"
1: Yeah, which is super sketchy.
0: And then she had asked James, like, "So, have you heard anything? What do you think? I think they're dead." <laughs> and then she had hired that PI to go and like investigate. Yeah. Like, but people were like, "Not like I wasn't investigating shit. He was just here to like shake us down and bribe us or threaten us." Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's a pretty good theory. Yeah. The other uh, one is that she, she didn't do it by herself out of revenge. She got mustache to do it with her. And he is the one that shot them because he had that thirty-two caliber pistol. Yeah. And he helped pose the bodies and mutilate Eleanor's neck. Um, there was that person that testified saying that he sent his clothes in to be dry cleaned the following day. And they were handed over to police because they had like suspicious stains on them. But mm-hmm. then the suit was lost and never examined. So like we don't even know yeah. what became of that. Yeah, and he was agitated the next morning when the maid said that he was like making comments about how like they were up all night and there was there was trouble and and people would hear about it soon. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that mustache and ogres alibi are is each other. Yeah, so yep. that adds to it. Yeah, obviously the next suspect then is James Mills. So he did it because he knew his wife was unfaithful and she had challenged him on that night to go and follow her. Mm -hmm. And he was like, so where are you going? And she was like, follow me and find out. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to do my woodworking, which people did say like, yeah, he was out there for a long time. We heard him. We saw him. Yeah.
1: His story seems really corroborated to me.
0: The only thing that's weird for him that people like speculate on is the fact that he did leave a couple times in the night, twice, two separate times. Yeah. And just because he did have that person uh, wherever he went to get a soda on his way, they're like, "Yeah, I came in here and bought a soda." But it's like mm-hmm. that's nice. <laughs> he could just have said he was out getting a soda.
1: If if he's like, okay, you know, my my wife hasn't come home, mm-hmm. and like, you know, where is she? And he went out supposedly honestly and stuff and then he picked up a drink like that's totally reasonable yeah the only thing that's eating away at me is is two o'clock in the morning yeah and francis two o'clock ish in the morning um but the corroboration between like everyone that like if we're looking at all the different um angles of this and all the theories like he has the more rock solid um alibi in my opinion yeah um you know next to the guy who was fishing which you know like that poor <laughs> bastard was the just 50 dragged miles away yeah um but what the one thing is sorry do you have more theories
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay all right. I, I, i'm gonna drop what what i think okay afterwards
0: so another theory is that the vestryman ralph he did it he's the one that had admitted to being near the crime scene that night with that other woman from the church and he He did it out of jealousy since, you know, he had had an affair with Eleanor at one point and then he was near the crime scene and the woman he was with helped because she was a jealous rival of Eleanor's and equally wanted the minister's attention. The reverend minister. I don't even know if those are the same thing. Edwards.
1: I have (laughs) no idea. She
0: equally wanted Edwards attention and like she was known to have often spied on edward and eleanor mm-hmm. and like there was all that gossip at the church that like members were jealous of eleanor because of her status in the choir mm-hmm. and then how like how eleanor's throat was slashed and her tongue and her larynx was removed like your larynx is essentially your voice box
1: in 1920s being girls i know right yeah
0: so like i that's a, pr- a pretty interesting good theory you know see how that makes sense Mm-hmm. uh it could have been someone else entirely from the church that did it. There was, like, so many people in the in the choir who hated Eleanor for being favored by Edward. And and this theory still sort of, like, holds weight when you think about how her neck was completely destroyed. Yeah. And then there's theories that people are like, oh, maybe the pig woman did it. Because, <laughs> like, she came forward as a witness instead to insert herself into the investigation to like take the su- to take suspicion away from her like well i did it so how would i just insert myself to get like you know the down low i thought the same headed. thing
1: for a, for a minute but it took me a very long time to get there because i gotta be honest for for more than 10 minutes of having already heard about the entire <laughs> story with pig woman i was just enamored by how absurd she was that i then it didn't even cross my mind for a millisecond that hey like maybe you should consider her a suspect.
0: It makes sense to consider her especially because she came out of nowhere and was like, hey, what's going on? I want to be a part of this. And then like she looked just looks guilty because she had given so many like those inconsistencies in her stories and all her stories were different. And Mm -hmm. the only thing that people were like, well, I mean, sure, she looks guilty. But like just because you're a fucking weirdo doesn't mean you did it. And like she had no motive. She didn't have a she didn't own a pistol. Or any guns, and and like she had no awareness of like even who those people were. So
1: yeah, and it all it also makes no sense to me. Like initially, I was like, "Well, she could have mistaken them for the fucking corn thief <laughs> who's been just wreaking havoc on her life, obviously." Yeah. But um, it doesn't account for the way that they were murdered, which exactly. what one is one is certainly execution style. The the shot from above, right above his eye, um screams execution style to me. Yeah. Even though it may not be. I mean, I'm not. Just the fact that it means that someone was
0: above him. So no matter what, it was obviously a power stance. Of yeah. Like, but then on like. Knees or something.
1: Yeah. That's what I, I imagined. I mean, sure. It could have been like a sniper from the trees. But like, guys, <laughs> really? You think this is NOM? Like, no. 1920. You <laughs> know,
0: it was a pistol.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. A yeah. <laughs>
0: well,
1: sniper with a pistol.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. You, know, you
1: haven't played COD before.
0: The guy, uh, his alibi was clear. The expert marksman. Yeah. It was 50 miles away fishing.
1: 50 miles away is a hell of a shot, isn't it?
0: <laughs> true, true. Yeah. But it doesn't Hot take, make... hot take.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to arc the bullet or you're pretty much lobbing it up there. <laughs> but um, it doesn't account for the the way um, the the woman was killed at all. Three bullets to the head um, and then cutting out the tongue and the, uh, the larynx.
0: Larynx and yeah. just straight up slashing.
1: Yeah, that's a passion crime. It's full um, of
0: hate it's like yeah it's passionate and it's if there's
1: passionate. someone who can bring the drama we know it's pig woman but <laughs> i don't think it's that kind of drama
0: i agree with you another theory is that it was just someone random that robbed them but again it doesn't take into account how targeted personal
1: like got your tongue <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like
0: yeah like you would just rob them then, and if you had to shoot them for whatever reason, because you end, like it ended up being a case of like, well, they could identify me, so I have to shoot them. Then you would just shoot them dead and run away. You wouldn't pose them, and and fuck up Eleanor's neck.
1: Yeah, leave that calling card there, and yeah, yeah. no, no.
0: And then, of course, the theory of like a random killer did it there's like some sicko was like passing through the area. Maybe he's got a fetish for voice boxes. Oh. <laughs> he cuts it out. Which I, I mean, on like it's unsolved, right? Like any of them could be possible, but I no think some... No one can some... tell,
1: Brianna. No one could tell. Get it? Because they don't have a voice box anymore.
0: And they're um dead. <laughs> and they're dead. <laughs> and it was a uh, hundred years ago. <laughs> All right. So those are the like you know there's like a million theories there's like fucking stupid ones but like the klu klux klan and stuff but i'm not even gonna get into okay that. so like uh what do you think what do you think you can you heard what i had to say there just those are like the widely popular ones so like let's get your hot takes
1: All right, my hot take uh i think francis had a lot more to do with this um I don't know if she pulled the trigger and I kind of don't think she did, but I think she paid someone to. Mm-hmm. My main reason is she's the family that came from all that money. And also, if someone, one, that car was there, right? Everyone seems to be coming back to saying that car was there. Her car was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the multiple other, people saw it. Yeah. And the other thing Or is a what,
0: car like it.
1: Yeah, a car like it. Yeah. And the other thing too is why all this evidence started disappearing and that's not a one person job anymore. And it certainly isn't, um, William. I I don't think may, like maybe William is involved, but like the scope of evidence starting to disappear, that is critical to this case and, and implicating Francis mm-hmm. specifically makes me think that like, Hey, how hard was it to bribe this county? Especially when it was so dysfunctional. It was so dysfunctional. Like, why were like I'm still blown away that that the cops couldn't decide on jurisdiction for so long. I know it was like that a cringy
0: a, custody battle. Yeah, that
1: a goddamn circus essentially erected it around did. this crime scene, mm-hmm. tampered everything until the governor got involved, which is two weeks later. So, I I honestly think that um there's a there's an angle there where Francis um paid some people. Yes.
0: Yeah. I agree. Do you want to, do you want to, do you have anything else Dad? No. Okay. So I'm with you a hundred percent, but I even think I, I think I know who she paid and why she was also in the area. Oh really? So I really do believe that it was with that Ralph guy that had an affair with Eleanor oh. and how he brought that woman with him from the church as well. And they were on lover's lane and they, oh, bo- yeah. they both yep. were like, yeah, like the vestryman or whatever he was Mm -hmm. they were both like yeah we were in the area but like that's it you know like "Mm." Mm -hmm. I think that Francis so ogre paid or at least in some capacity got Ralph to kill them because he was still into Eleanor it's clear they used to have an affair together Mm -hmm. the woman that was with him was also part of the church she was jealous of eleanor she wanted the attention of the reverend yeah francis i think was in the area that people saw like that big fancy car uh-huh. she probably went there to make sure that the job was gonna get done or direct otherwise with like the po- the posing how to mutilate eleanor's body mm-hmm. especially because eleanor she was so like <sighs> The wounds and everything were obviously way worse than Edward. But one thing that has always stood out to me is that his hat covered his face. And that's like a notorious thing that if if you're if you've murdered someone, you know, or have a connection with or whatever, you cover their body or their face out of like, whether it's a subconscious thought or not, mm-hmm. out of respect, you know, or because oh. you don't want them to see you or look at you or anything. So you cover their face. Yeah. And she was... She was posed more provocatively with like her hand resting on his leg and he was, he had his arm out and her head was resting on his arm, mm-hmm. but his face was covered.
1: Yeah. It,
0: and yeah. that to me suggests like a more personal connection to Edward. Yeah. And plus he was only shot once, not only shot once, but you know, in comparison, yes. he was shot once in the head and that was that. Eleanor was shot three times and... Mm-hmm her throat was fucked up.
1: Yeah, not to mention that like the romantic posing, like obviously he brought the romance into into play on this, like their relationship.
0: And having the love letters torn up and scattered.
1: Yeah. It's very very send a message Mm -hmm. kind of killing.
0: So So I think that, I think that Francis absolutely had a hand in it. I agree. I don't think she pulled the trigger herself. I think that, she didn't have to. I think she had money, status, power, influence, whatever. Mm-hmm. Manipulated Ralph and that woman. The, I don't know who what her name is. It's just always, she's just referred to as like the woman that Ralph was with. Mm-hmm. Um, they all were at the church. They're all part of the church. Francis was always there. Everyone in this town is clearly <laughs> loves gossip, knows yeah. everything about everyone. Yep. Yeah. Francis was probably sick of it. She, was probably, sick of it. she was probably sick of like it being so widely known that like her husband was seeing Eleanor. Yeah. It would probably bothered her even more so that in like Francis's mind she was like more maybe had like loose morals because she also was having a had had an affair with that Ralph guy. Who Mm -hmm. knows who else she had messed around with in the church. Mm -hmm. I think Francis was sick of it. Yeah. And I think that she got Ralph to help take out her husband and (laughs) Eleanor and she went there and she was more of a role of like, okay, great. I'm happy you did it. Now pose the bodies. Now get rid of the gun. Uh, here's the story and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And she hired that PI to for sure threaten witnesses or bribe them with money and stuff like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, 100%. And so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like right away. Immediately. I yeah. think it
0: was like, I don't even know if it was before the funeral, but it was like immediately. So that's what I think. Mm -hmm. I do. It's because I can't get over the mutilation of her throat and her and her neck and everything, Mm -hmm. and how like all people like say about her in like positive ways is like she was such a lovely, beautiful singer, and like she was always in in the church and she loved the choir, whatever. So it's like if that is her like what she's known as her staple, what people. A tribute to her name, it's like a pretty powerful message to remove someone's voice box. Yeah,
1: it's like something a mo- like a, a mob hit would do mm. it would would contain.
0: Um send in the way of like sending a message. Yeah. 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 Um, I do think it's funny to think that it could have been like a random killer that just really liked voice boxes and he was in the area, <laughs> but I don't think so.
1: Who is this wonderful singer I keep hearing about? I know.
0: <laughs> and I don't think that it was James. And I I think Willie maybe, like mustache, I think he he probably knew about it or heard something or I think that he, he knew about it at mm-hmm. least, especially when Francis finally came home because there was witnesses that said the lights were on in the house all night. Mm -hmm. And, or maybe if he didn't know exactly what happened, he isn't like a total idiot. So Francis came home in the middle of the night and Willie was probably like, what were you doing? Where were you? Whatever. Mm -hmm. He could probably tell like something isn't like something probably happened. Like, where were you? Whatever. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. She was going around to literally everyone in the town. I know. Like hyping up that something's happened. She went to, she went to um james mm-hmm. I said francis went to francis she, <laughs> she went to james and was like i think they're dead i know i think they're dead and like you say that to your son who seems a bit like like slower her i guess or her brother sorry and seems a bit slower Pig woman is
0: the one with the son with a yeah, son yep. husband yep sorry <laughs> sorry
1: uh, <laughs> i'm doing okay for keeping track yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good, you're good, you're good. but um she hyped him up for sure. Mm-hmm. Just keeps saying that over and over. And he's just like, oh, sh- oh, sh- oh, shit. For Something's sure. going down. Plus, like- what
0: if he heard that call, that anonymous call she made? Maybe he overheard that call of her being like, oh, so have you found anything suspicious? Anyone injured? Mm-hmm. Anyone dead? Maybe Willie heard that and was like, what the fuck is she on? Mm-hmm. And then the maid sees him like an hour or whatever the fuck later. And it's like, Willie, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, something terrible must have happened. Like I've been up all night, but like, you know,
1: yeah. And he didn't elaborate. No, he he wouldn't elaborate. He he probably
0: didn't have anything else to say. So I don't, I don't think that he knew any sort of details. I don't think he's an idiot. I think he could tell something was off or weird. And like you said, she's out there hyping everyone up saying, well, they're probably dead. They're probably dead. Yeah. I bet they're dead. Hey, did you hear? They're They're dead. dead. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's what I think. Yeah, and that's what you think. Mm-hmm. I think we've solved it. You know. Yeah, case <laughs> closed,
1: guys. You're welcome.
0: S- done the stamp.
1: Yeah, I'll see you on uh, this hour is sixty minutes or whatever the fuck show we get to go on.
0: <laughs> We're on our own show.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll see you next week.
0: You guys should let us know what you think. Obviously, there will be posts on social media. Just comment. Mm-hmm. Be like, "Hey, I I agree," or you're, "You're dumb. That's not the theory at all."
1: Let me tell you why you're- This is what
0: happened. It was Pig Woman. Because duh.
1: Okay, honestly, guys, if you have a theory as to, like, that justifies Pig Woman being considered the prime suspect, I want to hear that.
0: Come at us with good theories. Don't be like, it was a ghoul. Yeah, hit us with a dissertation, It was a goat man. He always kills people in lovers' lanes.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay, don't send it to Brianna, but you can throw that my way. (laughs) It's okay.
0: 1931 essay, Echoes of the Jazz Age, Fitzgerald described 1922 as an age of miracles. It was an age of art. It was an age of excess. And it was an age of satire. This offers a partial explanation as to why he set The Great Gatsby in 1922 when it was published in 1925. So at the beginning of part one. I mentioned that it's widely believed that this case inspired F. Scott Fitzgerald when he was writing The Great Gatsby. hmm So The Great Gatsby was inspired by the Fitzgerald's 18 months in Great Neck, Great Neck, New York, beginning in late 1922. And they arrived in Great Neck the day after the story broke that Eleanor Mills and Edward Hall were murdered. And, I mean, at this point, scandalous headlines were impossible to miss. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's known that the Fitzgeralds did follow the case. There was like a scrapbook dedicated to it. And like people, you know, scholars and literary critics and all of that are like, oh, well, this is absolutely an inspiration for F. Scott Fitzgerald. He 100% used this story.
1: Do you know what I call those people? The Pish Posh.
0: The Pish Posh. So with
1: sticks up their ass where I know they found I know where they found the stick now though.
0: crab <laughs> <grab> apple tree.
1: Crab <laughs> apple tree.
0: So I was thinking about it and I mean I can see some similarities, I guess, to this case and to the Great Gatsby. So the one that Like initially, while I was researching and everything, I was like, okay, well, this one I can see for sure. So Tom Buchanan Mm -hmm. is Daisy's husband. He's wealthy and he's handsome and he's having a pretty obvious affair with Myrtle Wilson Uh who is unsatisfied with her marriage to George and she craves finer things and attention and they live in a crappy house and have no money and George is portrayed as simple. Yeah, And then there's Edward Hall. So in real life, the case, Edward Hall, he's apparently handsome. People thought he was. No, thank you. But people did. And he was wealthy. Uh, mm-hmm. He was having an obvious affair with Eleanor Mills, who was unsatisfied with her marriage to James and craves romance and a better life. And they live in a crappy house and have little money. And James was described as being simple.
1: So that- other, other than the simple thing, though, like that's a fairly common archetype.
0: So the other significance that I could draw is is the car. So Gatsby's car that murders Myrtle mm-hmm. in the book is obviously a huge, a huge point to discuss. Literally, Myrtle's husband is obsessed with that car and figuring out who drove it mm-hmm. so that he can find them and take vengeance for murdering his wife. And in the Hall Mills case there was the supposed touring car that kept coming up as to like whose car was this. It was near the scene. We have to figure out whose car this yeah, was. Yeah, a very
1: luxurious car with like supposedly a chauffeur.
0: Yeah, so I thought about that too. And like, I don't know. I don't really know what else. Yeah, I think the
1: class level. Like,
0: Just, yeah, like the you've classes, like, the affairs. Like and, but like, fitzgerald he was like always influenced by his real life he had a volatile marriage he wrote about zelda's breakdowns the rise and fall of their fortune their parties their friends the quirky people they met everything
1: the love affair that that zelda had with someone else as well
0: yeah so like it wouldn't even be surprising if he did get a little bit of inspiration from this case especially if he was living in the area Especially, like, the scandalous affair part, which is an entire plot point in Gatsby. So, like, sure, maybe he did get a little bit of inspiration. But I think it's, like, hard to say for sure definitively, like, put it on the Wikipedia page like it is that this was inspired by it.
1: Yeah, I, I have a lot of trouble with that. It's like, true. a lot. Like, because, like, why did you pick that over his his life? Like, why, why did you pick this case where... That entire situation where there's this other guy that that's um, uh, having an affair with someone in a lower class—that's in Fitzgerald's own life already. Mm-hmm. Zelda was already seeing someone else, and so did Fitzgerald. Do the same? They did it out of spite to each other. Yep. they destroyed each other. Exactly. Their so, volatile marriage. So, as much as someone can say, like, look at the similarities between this case and gatsby i would say okay look at the similarities between the author himself his his life with his wife zelda and the affair that happened there on on from both him and from zelda Mm -hmm. and then i would ask that i i would ask the obvious question why am i picking this kind of circumstantial story that just happened to be around and the whole world knew about it over something so personal as this specifically affecting his own life
0: yeah summed it up perfectly
1: yeah that's... it took me a while to get there but i got there you got there that's i the... took a touring car
0: <laughs> went around lover's lane a bit you know finally parked on eastern avenue and he saw a, a, a pig woman on a mule <laughs>
1: i wish i wish there was a photo of her so badly
0: we reread Gatsby, and all of a sudden it's talking about a woman on a mule <laughs> the mule's name is jenny oh my god <laughs> I would like, how did all... we miss this I would take
1: it all back if jenny was in the story
0: so I'm with you. I think that f- fine. They followed the case. There's proof of it. They had scrapbooks apparently. Fitzgerald never outright said yeah, I was inspired by it. I don't know. It's just like, it's just so weird that it's so de- definitively marked as being the inspiration behind these certain characters and the major plot line in the book and, and people literally write write books and and papers and essays and everything on it. You have literary s- scholars who come out like yes it was and it's like he probably maybe in the recesses of his mind there was inspiration because they did follow it they were in the area it was so scandalous it was like sensational so be probably a little bit like but i don't think that it's the reason like that he he wrote about half the things he did in gatsby
1: no it was it was about so much more too like it, it i'm really having a hard time with that one i think I think it it would it's so easy for, you know, literary mm-hmm. critics and everything to fall into that trap just on the merit that it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Well, even,
0: well, yeah, especially it's, nowadays that it's considered a good story. But when it came out, people were like, this is trash.
1: Oh, no, I meant I meant that it's a good story that Gat, that Gatsby is based on this. Um, so I I think like that. Is a good story that they just liked. Mm-hmm. And like, then but like their reality was so much more What's my thesis
0: going to be? I guess it'll be about Gatsby and the Halls. The Hall Mills murder. Okay, that's my thesis. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, how
1: fun <laughs> would that be, right? Like you just, you happen to find the find out that this was happening in the same town and it was a big story and you just draw the parallel because you can.
0: Exactly. It's fun to speculate about it. It is interesting. It was such a sensational story. Um, and it was such a glamorous book so like fine let's draw parallels and uh, like I said the only ones I can really draw without like nitpicking are just like the status the affairs and everything like that but like you know what at the end of the day Gatsby is a timeless novel and and F. Scott Fitzgerald is one of the greats so let's not focus on what he was inspired by but instead appreciate like what he gave us yeah and as Zelda once said of her husband he was the keynote and prophet of his generation and deserves remembrance as such.
1: All right. You got it. You got it, Zelda.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the conclusion episode of The Hall of Murder. If you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all of that jazz. Be sure to visit our website, darkadaptationpodcast.ca, Where you can further support the show by buying us a coffee, if your little hearts desire. Follow us on Instagram, at Dark Adaptation Podcast. Share the show with the spooky bitches in your life. Thank you for the support and kind words.
1: And all that jazz.
0: Thank you for joining us, Dyson. You're welcome. We'll catch you on the dark side. that she didn't even wear that coat on the night of the matters of the matters <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> like uh <laughs> so and so, a little but it, it made the it gave it mmm mmm <laughs>